What do you know, ladies and gentlemen? I have been traveling the vortex. And the reason I've been traveling the Vortex is because I'm John Levine, who plays Sergeant Benton in Doctor Who. And we traveled the Vortex because we were looking for the Doctor. Any one of the Doctors would have been good enough. So for all of you that will listen to this message, we love you for loving our classic series. We loved being in Doctor Who, and I still miss John Pertwee, and I thought David Tennant was the only other Doctor that was as good as John Pertwee. So to all of you there at traveling the Vortex, it's been awesome to see you. Maybe we'll see you in person another time. Good night. God bless. And may your own particular God go with you. Goodbye. Traveling the Vortex. Patreon exclusive. I did just a little bit of internet research because I have some backstory here for you. I grew up watching you, uh, and my first doctor was Tom Baker, so right. I kind of had that experience, and you I peppered through a few of his episodes, and then our local public television station would go back and show the Pertwee era, and I don't know why, but I just latched on to Sergeant Benton. You, sir, are one of my heroes, mm. as I, there was Captain Kirk and Benton. I, the doctor was cool, don't get me wrong, I mean, it's his show. But he was an alien, and he was smarter than me. Yes, and yes. so there was always that kind of thing. But Benton was a guy that I could get behind. So this is a huge... I'm sorry. Wow. I'm, no, um, it's, it's actually very emotional. I've, I've had tears all bloody day, people <laughs> telling me things I get... It's been a rough con. It's <laughs> not, isn't it? Emotionally, it's really buggered you up, isn't it? Okay. Um, I saw a very interesting story that I'd like you to comment on, that you apparently were discovered by Telly Savalas. Yes. Tell a little bit about okay. that. Um, I was born 1941, Christmas Eve, five minutes to midnight, and I was born breech, jaundice, and dead. And any lady out there that's listening, most men don't understand birth because we don't understand women. When you're born breech, you come out feet first instead of head first and upside down. So I drowned in my mother's own water. When her water broke, I drowned. I was dead for one minute and 38 seconds. My uncle, who was a secret agent for the British government and Winston Churchill, was a secret agent who was carrying war plans across from Whitehall to Trafalgar Square, and his cover was alcoholism. The German spies that had spotted him, they just put him down as a stupid alcoholic. Well, I was born in my uncle's house, high on a hill in Salisbury, Wiltshire, which is a medieval city. We have Stonehenge four miles to the north and Salisbury Cathedral, which is, was built in the 11th century. And so on this cold, bitter day, it was the third coldest winter in the history of Great Britain, just happened to be 1941. My father was away on the Russian convoy on the PQ-11 on the SS Baffin. He lost 48 of his friends on the first night to German U-boats. And it was the roughest theater of war almost in the world. The Russian convoy was deadly. The Germans killed so many of us, so it's a wonder we're even here. So what happened is um, I was laying on the floor dead as a baby. I was eight pounds, nine ounces, nine pounds, eight ounces uh, in weight. My mother, uh, they tried to push me back inside my mother to turn me round, and of course it nearly killed her. And so the doctor shouted out to my auntie, Auntie Gladys, because her husband had to be an alcoholic. He said, get me a thimbleful of brandy and a thimbleful of whiskey. We need to bring this baby back to life. So what they did is the afterbirth had choked me, gone into my throat and choked me, and the water had gone up my nose and choked me. So they brought the thimbleful of whiskey, the thimbleful of brandy, and they, he poured one down my mouth and one up my nose, and I coughed the afterbirth up and I came alive. Everyone was amazed that I came alive. And here I am at the age of 72, having had several very bad illnesses, 
peritonitis, tuberculosis back in 1982. I was feeding the Indians in the Panama Canal. The Kuna Indians were starving. And I was on an American cruise ship that wasted more food than the rest of the world could eat in 15 years. And my disgust for the waste that comes out of America grew and grew and grew. So we started stealing all the food from the American crew to feed these Indians. Sadly, I caught tuberculosis out of it, but it did broaden my horizons and it did give me this rather nice deep English voice, uh, which I'm quite happy with. And so what happened is um, I, I had a dreadful childhood. I had no education. I was a very sick child. And my father came back from the war and hated me. And so I had to get away from home. And so I ended up running away to London. Uh, and um, I lived in a place called Southfields, which is 200 yards away from the Wimbledon Tennis Club. And um, I was always a smart lad. I loved dressing up. And uh, that's why I got my part in Doctor Who's John Fertig. We loved the way I dressed. And um, what happened is I was working in a men's shop. I went up to London and I didn't know what I mean. I was just a country boy because most people talk like that. See where I come from. They're like farmers and things like that. I mean, they talk like that and says, how are you doing in Uncle Far? You know, not. So anyway, I knew I had to rectify my voice a little bit because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. And I was working in a menswear shop, one of the best menswear shops in Regent Street in London, just up from the Eros. And um, what was lovely is I had a Jewish manager who really liked me. People always liked me, but I never felt I was liked because my family hated me. So I didn't know what love and affection was. So I had quite a, an emotionally strained young life. Anyway, I'm working in the shop and I'm a great salesman. I'm, I, I'm good at selling. I never pushed. I just, uh, I just had a way of doing it. And yeah, just talked to him. Anyway, in walked Telly Savalas. And I thought, bloody hell. Telly Savalas. I mean, a Hollywood movie. And the, my managers are going, you go and serve him. You know? And I did. And I sold him three cashmere pullovers and a Burberry raincoat. And he was making the Dirty Dozen down at Pinewood Studios or, or Elstree, whichever. And uh, one of the stuntmen had got injured in one of the fight scenes, the fight scene with Charles Bronson in the toilet. If ever you see the Dirty Dozen, two big blokes try and beat him up and say, what are you guys doing here? And um, anyway, one of the stuntmen broke his wrist. And the, the director, because it was the weekend, told all the leading actors, Lee Marvin downwards, if they bump into anybody that would look like a good stuntman, bring him up on Monday morning to save us having to go through equity and losing two days shooting. So Lisa Vallis chose me. I get out of the studio the next day, and of course the doorman said, if I let everybody in that came up and said somebody's <laughs> offered me a part, he said I'd lose my job, so I didn't get the part in the Dirty Dozen. But in a sense, the rest is history. I eventually went back to the men's workshop, and um, we then continued on. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Gene Marsh. Um, just as a matter of interest to you listeners, um, John Pertwee, who was the most beloved man in my life, even more than my father, his first wife has just walked past me. Her name was Jean Marsh. <coughs> and I think she wrote and produced or acted in Upstairs and Downstairs, which is one of those uh, historic um, TV shows. Anyway, she's just walked down the corridor uh, whilst I'm talking. I'm talking here with, uh, to, to John. Uh, with, with John and uh, we're sitting in. Anyway, so Jean Marsh just walked past. Yeah, so anyway, the rest is history. I ended up getting a part of the Yeti and the Cyberman. The director and the producer watched how hard I worked. I was there on time. I'm always on time. I, I get to funerals before people die. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, I, 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 was, I, I worked hard, and, and I ended up getting Benton. Douglas Campfield and Barry Letts adored my, my perspicacity, if you like. And I was a very shy, kind of scared young man. I didn't have much courage and much, not much self-esteem. But then John Pertwee came along and changed my life. And that's why I love him. And Katie and I have actually just had a little tear. Um, You've no idea what it was like working with John. And, uh, he seemed truly amazing. He, he was, was a truly amazing man, and, and, and he made my existence on Earth well worthwhile. And I love Katie with a passion, simply because we started together. 
and uh, you know you don't have to be in love with someone to love them and um, so really my life was blessed I mean Jesus and God must love me a lot because I never should have ended up here but you know there's a saying I used to have a saying that I closed my radio show with which was next to God we are indebted to women first for life itself and then for making life worth living now I've always been good with women because I've only had two wives and I've never betrayed them and um, I, I find you know I find life very hard I, I'm not an easy liver I, I um, I worry about people that are less well off than me, and I've seen a lot of bad things. I've been around the world twice, and I was in the third world, and I saw stuff that horrifies your soul, and I, I just don't understand the human race, really. I, 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 I just don't understand it. However, Doctor Who came along, and it was like liquid magic. Every morning I woke up, I just, I couldn't wait to be with John and Katie, and oh, just driving to work with them, and then doing the show, and then going into the studio, and then becoming famous on top of it. It was all just so wonderfully marvelous. So, uh, on behalf of every actor that was in Doctor Who, uh, to all of you, uh, to all of you... Um, uh, traveling the vortex. The, the traveling the vortex. Uh, to all of you who have ears, hearts, souls, and minds, be good to each other. Help somebody that is not as well off as you. And always remember that, uh, that, 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 that life is, it will throw everything at you. Life is not easy. Uh, love is a rare thing, and if you find it, grab hold of it, but you mustn't hold on to it too hard because you'll just you'll choke the life out of it. Um, so really, all I can say to you is, on behalf of every one of we Doctor Who actors, you must know how joyous it was to be in this show, this, this, this tiny little show that came out of Sidney Newman's mind back in 1960-whatever, and now it's turned into this, this colossus uh, and that all these people love us and that I am uh, the recipient of a lot of the love from people like yourself who love my character and you have you any idea what that must feel like to be told that you're loved because of a character you played on one of the greatest shows in TV I can't so imagine. it's almost unbelievable well it was it was a joy so look I'm going to have to say goodbye now because I got to go and earn a little bit more money so give them your charity so that we can tell our listeners. Oh, well, no, my charity, bless your hearts. No, thank you for that. But my charity is not like a charity as such. What I do is I try and find um, a secondhand musical instruments and then wait for a poor kid that can't even afford a pair of trousers and wants to be a musician and give it to them. But it's not running up and fully fledged yet. So okay. I won't ask for any donations because I have nowhere to put the money yet. And, 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 and I, have, I just must just tell you, by the way, uh, I have just bought a saxophone. I bought the most expensive saxophone you can get. It's... Uh, the the, the um, I forgot what the make of it is now, but the, oh, the Yamaha tenor sax, and I'm taking lessons now, and it's going to change my life. And I would like you to do one thing, if Absolutely. any of you would be interested. I recorded my first album last year on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. It's called The Ballads of Sergeant Benton. You can get it on Amazon or iTunes. The truth is, we're never going to get our money back. It cost me three thousand pounds to produce and, and, and duplicate. But I would love some of you, if you could download either one track, which will cost you a dollar, or the whole album now is only $10. If you pay by debit card, what happens is your debit card goes through to an office in New York, we're called Fox Brothers, who do all the repeats for all the musicians who have to get their money and their, their, their commission from my album. It's called The Ballads of Sergeant Benton. You can get, download the whole thing for $10. I won't get any of this money at the moment. We have to pay, you know, the duplicators and, and the graphic people. But I don't mind not making any money out of it. It's been such a joy. But I would love all of you to download either a track so that they know that I'm about and they will know that people are buying my album, which means I can go and do my second one when the producer asks me. So to all of you, balance the Sergeant Benton, either one track at a dollar or the whole thing for $10. And it just means you would spike the sales thing 
and all of you have got ten dollars to show your appreciation for what we've done for you so i would ask you that and but i i just emphasize again i won't make any profit out of it but it would take the the, the pain of being in debt away you know? absolutely we so can look i will say i will say goodbye uh, may your own particular god go with you and thank you too for your time and picking me out to do this lovely interview goodbye and god bless you you have been listening to traveling the vortex Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.